Welcome to Podcast You For That Reasons, where ABC brings the drama. And we are here to bring you the glittery new analysis. You guys who can't see my water bottle, I was really excited about it. It's gold and it's white and it's sparkly all over. Hey everyone, I'm Rin Mardia. My name is Brennan and sorry about last week. Uh, we don't get paid for this, so we have real jobs to do. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, whenever schedules get crazy, then we have to figure out our own schedules and we just couldn't make it work this time. But we're back at it this time. We are back at it. It's good to be back, everybody. Uh, it was, was there really much you wanted to say about last week? Do I even remember last week? The only thing I remember from last week that was really of note was Chris S. and his ridiculous accusations at Nate. Okay. What did you think about, like, the, do you think this was producer-inspired? Like, the producer's like, we need a bad guy. Jamie's already gone. Chris, you're little. You've got, like, that, you've got some hair. And you're, like, really one of the only white guys, memorable white guys here. <laughs> First of all, he wasn't until he opened his mouth. But that's not true. Like- I barely, I was like, who is this? Who? My thought on Chris... And I tweeted this out last night. The producers play him like a fiddle. And he even hands them the bow. He's like, please play me. Yeah. I yeah. want to be this. I want to do whatever you want me to do. Homeboy just wants to get on that island. He does not want Michelle. No. Let's be real. He does not want any sort of, he doesn't even care about friends there. No. He's just like, Get me some exposure. Get me to that island on time. <laughs> I would like to meet McKenna because I could definitely see that being a thing that works. Okay, yeah. Chris looks like an 80s um, stockbroker to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. He is like a commodity. He, he's, he does, starring he does trade... in, um, he's starring in Wall Street in my head. He does trade commodities. Does he really? Yeah, he's a commodities broker. Did he legit? Like, no wonder he has that vibe. So He's Gordon Gecko. He's last night Gordon I was on Twitter while I was watching and I saw someone tweet and it said, is Chris just here to whine? And what I read and commented what I read was, is Chris just here to be white? <laughs> and I, and I, and I said, I read this as, is Chris here to just here to be white? And it's just as accurate. And she said, that's maybe my favorite reply of all time. Just like, I mean, because he is, he's just there to be the white guy. He's like literally, cause like, what's his? Um, there's Rick, there's uh, fake Dax Shepard. Um, no, well, not anymore. <laughs> right, right. R.I.P. to his time. Um, and Chris. Is Rick the only white guy left? I think so. I did not see that. I, I mean, I wait. Oh wait, Mar- Martin. Martin's white. No, Isn't Martin's. He? I think Martin's Cuban. Oh. Okay. Then Rick is the only white dude left. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. I think so too. We'll, wow. we'll talk about it more when we get to actually who's left so we can remember if there's any okay. white people left, but I think it's just Rick. But so yeah, last week, Chris S says that there are people here that are acting like they have it in the bag. And the only name he brings up is Nate saying it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when I get a one-on-one date. Which sounds confident, but also, if you if Chris was in the conversations that Nate and Michelle were having mm-hmm. in their time together, you think it's very obvious that they are 
really connecting and it really it would take a monumental effort for them not to get a one-on-one what do you think about nate i also tweeted this out last night i would be so intimidated if i ever met nate in person just by how incredibly cool he is yeah i've literally never seen someone in real life or even on television as cool as nate he is super chill. Like he is laid back to the point where he literally sits back on the couch and just watches stuff happen. And is like, like the look on, and I know this is fast forwarding like several scenes, but the look on his face when there is an unnecessary unwanted cameo in his uh, one-on-one, which we will touch base on. I'm not ruining anything for you guys. If you're listening to this podcast, you've already seen the episode. So and if you whatever. haven't, then why are you? Like, I appreciate right. you. I appreciate you giving us the only right to tell you what happened, but maybe you should watch it too. <laughs> right. But so when little baby boy stockbroker Chris shows up, the look on Nate's face was just like, I will destroy you. But I don't even have to move to do it. Like, he's just like, what? This guy? Like, he didn't look at all intimidated. He didn't look at all like, this guy's going to screw this up. Like, he just looked at him like, you again? Right. <laughs> um. That being said, though, I no longer know exactly how I feel about me. Because while, and we'll touch base on this, but, you know, he gets his, he gets a little bit of special time. Um, and while some people were kind of sold and like, oh, he's great. He's great. I was like, "Mm." I kind of do see like the little bit of the overconfidence kind of thing. I'm kind of here more of for like Joe's vibe. Joe's boring, but I like Joe's vibe because he's like quietly I don't know. I, I think that he's he seems like he's got a lot more underneath than what he shows on the surface. This is going to be a bold statement, and I believe it in, with my heart. I go. don't even Preach. really feel like Joe likes Michelle that much. Okay. All that being said, and all that being said, I concur. <laughs> I think that Minnesota Joe is just like, cool, we're both from Minnesota. I think there's a reason that he didn't, like, he yeah, ghosted her. I think that they, I think that they were hoping to start something when they put him on her season, hoping mm-hmm. that them being from the same city and having similar interests would fast track this mm-hmm. to a to a more successful relationship. Because the two, because th- the main thing that's the biggest issue, and it was the biggest issue for Blake and Katie, was distance. Yeah. Well, distance is not an issue here. No. So they thought maybe, oh, we'll just put them two people from the same city on their season. They have similar interests and similar histories. Maybe we can. Because they make didn't this know work. that they did, when he signed up. Did he know that Michelle was the bachelor pro? I don't know. That's my thing. Because I'm like. Maybe he was like, all right, she's bachelorette. I'm going to go mean, but for I, it. I, I, I don't think, I don't really think, like I said before, I don't really think he's that much into her. Is, do, do you think it's because he, like, what, what's showing you that? Is it because he's so quiet? Is it because he doesn't really react? Is it because? He just, it's, it's a combination. Yeah, I think it's mostly the lack of emotion. Mm-hmm. And that 
in it could be because he's reserved, but there's just something about the way he is that's not giving me off he actually likes her vibes. Mm-hmm. I think that no one likes her there more than Brandon. Oh yeah, I think Brandon. Brand, Brandon is a smitten kitten. He 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 couldn't be more smitten. Mm-hmm. He I think really the, is. I think the person who would do the most for her in that moment would be Brandon. What do you think about Rick though? Rick's bringing in Rick heat. likes her a lot, but I don't think she likes Rick as much as Rick likes her. Yeah, and I really think I get that, that. She, I think she likes Brandon quite a bit more than she likes Rick. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. So, but let's. We're getting too much into the weeds weeds already. Let's yeah. jump right into this episode. Uh, they are off to Minneapolis for a very early set of hometown dates. Yeah. And we arrive in Minneapolis. The boys are just kind of getting familiar with the city, walking around. Michelle just happens to, to join them. And says, it just oh. happens to. It just happens she goes, to show oh, up. The date starts now. Everyone but Joe can leave. What did you think about this? What did you think? It was the most obvious move in the world. Most obvious move, which is why I believe she shouldn't have made that move. I agree, but it's obvious that she wants this to be Joe. Yes. So For sure. Joe Joe got not only the first date in Minneapolis, but the most personal date. Yeah. Got the first date, most personal date. He has he's already like steps ahead. He's had the he's had the DMing ahead of the show. He's from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He got the first impression rose, right? Or was that Nate? Nate. Nate got it. Nate got it? Okay. I think. No, because remember, she wasn't sure about Joe. She wasn't sure about that's his right, intentions. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, um, but Minnesota Joe plays basketball. He's already got several legs up. So the fact that she was like, everybody can go home except for Joe. Like, I was like, girl, really? Like, they're already, they've already had to watch y'all on the court bond over basketball. They already know that you guys have DM. They already know that freaking Jamie put out there in the ether that like she was um booed up with a light skinned baller. <laughs> I can't I can't with that whole string of words. I'm like, what did he put out there? But that's already out there, you know? Yeah. So the fact that she's I mean, and I know Michelle says that she's strong and she's independent. And she'll do whatever she wants and everything. But I'm kind of like, why lean into it? You know, if, if, she's gonna do if whatever I she... think that you're expecting something from me, you're expecting me to do something, I'm going to move a little bit to the left or to the right or diagonal. You know, I would have yeah. I would have set Joe out for this one. But but like I said, she, she so desperately wants it to be the easiest option, which would be. Yeah the basketball player who shares her passions in the city she lives in because everyone else is going to be a harder transition from show to life than Joe Mm -hmm. because they can leave the show, go back to their actual homes where they live and meet that night for a late night dinner. Yeah. And there will be no, there'll be no travel. She doesn't have to do anything extra with the kit, with her students. 
She doesn't have to take more time off. They don't have to schedule flights. It would be the easiest option. That's why people date people where they live. Mm-hmm. That's very true. But uh, she sends all the rest of the guys home. The rest of them are starting to get not upset, but they're just like, wow, he's already so far ahead. And then they're going on a hometown date in the hometown that they enjoy together. So yeah. they're seeing their hometown, their hometown together. That's but, what I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, I just feel like she should have sat Joe out. Yeah. It's just really, that really sent a message to those guys that he's he's pretty stinking in the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go to Target Field where Michelle throws out a first pitch and they share a kiss on the field and then they go to Michelle's high school. <laughs> this high school thing. I saw something on Instagram last night that said, oh, I don't know if I can pull it up now, but it said, I wish I loved something as much as Joe and Michelle clearly loved being in high school. Oh, because yeah. they talked about their high school loves. Michelle knew exactly where her locker was. Do you think that she really knew where her locker was or somebody found it? I think she probably knew. I could not tell you at all. I never once opened it. Really? Never once opened it. Oh, so it. you just didn't go to it. Okay. Because I know there are people there that like, yeah. And then you were able to like swatch. You you were able to swap lockers and stuff. Like if somebody I, you I, keep an eye out on some locker that like nobody claimed, you could be like, all right, this is closer to my friends. So I'm gonna go here. First of all, I didn't have friends. <laughs> oh. But it's okay. <laughs> I knew about where my locker was because mm-hmm. it was it was like right outside the classroom of my freshman like academic excellence class. Mm. So I knew about where it was. But, like, I only had four classes during the day. You just brought that four classes worth of stuff with you. Yeah. I'm just thinking. I'm like, I know the vicinity of where it was in the commons area. I can see. I remember my friends keeping their stuff in my locker during a dance. But I do not remember the specific locker. Yeah. Michelle was like, here's my locker. And if she could once again remind us that she was Miss Basketball and Joe was Mr. Basketball. Yeah. If she could just, if she could just remind us one more time, because I keep forgetting. I just it's, keep it's hard forget- to remember. Oh my gosh. Like when she said it again, I was like, girl, 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 girl. But they, yeah. uh, they look at some old high school yearbooks. She talks about how close her team was. They play a little basketball. Of course they do. Of, of course they do. And then they kind of sit and have a little chat. And Michelle asks him why he's so reserved. Uh, she says, he says that her, his dad is super reserved. He's always seen him cry once or twice in his life. And he says, it's really hard. It's hard for me to really open up to some people. I'm trying to take that wall down. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes Joe says things that he's answering questions, but he's not really like saying a lot. Which yeah. I get that that's like a defense mechanism for sure. I do that too. But sometimes when I'm listening to Joe until the next segment, I literally was like, Joe says words 
And Michelle's like, I like him. But I'm like, well, what did Joe actually say? <laughs> right. Well, before we get to that, we head back to the hotel where the guys are gathered around for the reading of the group date card, which is for Casey, Rodney, Martin, Leroy, Rick, Clayton, Olu, Chris, and Brandon, which means Nate is getting the other one-on-one, which was so obvious from the beginning that she was saving both of Nate and Joe's one-on-ones for when she went home. Because I knew knew they were coming here early. Mm Mm-hmm. So why would you waste Nate or Joe on a random rock climbing date in a national park when you could do it at home? Yeah, yeah. And no, then, it's very true. Well, we cut to Chris quickly, and he's still upset. He says, I went out on a limb for her and told her the honest truth, which is what she wanted to hear, and everything I said fell on deaf ears. Chris is such a weird guy to me. Because once again, I don't feel like he likes Michelle. Like that's a show. Um, maybe if she showed interest in him, he might like her back. But I think he has resigned himself to the fact that I'm not winning this thing. Like I'm not, I'm not really even on her radar. So I just feel like this is just such a ploy to be like, just keep me around. Yeah, Jamie's gone. Was- so like, yeah, you need a new villain. I'll do it. And most seasons, he probably would have made it as the villain longer than one episode's worth of time. Yeah. But this is just, it just got boring anyway. And he wasn't a fun villain because a fun villain requires the lead liking them. Mm -hmm. And you can tell by the fact that he wouldn't even give her, give him a kiss. She got a, he got a hug. Yeah. But there was clearly no emotional connection, emotional or physical connection whatsoever. There was nothing there between those two. Yeah. Nothing. And he knew it. And that's why he volunteered to be Mm -hmm. the weirdo jerk. Because I will say, and it took me a while to even like this person, and I still don't know every now and then, but your boy, Nick Vile. He's a good dude. He was a formidable foe. He was a formidable, he was the most formidable of foes. He really was because he had such a douchey swagger too. <laughs> because he's and, swag well deserved. And not only not one, but two bachelorettes said that he made them feel like women. Like literally, um, Andy and Caitlin both said he just makes me feel like a woman. And I remember Caitlin saying it because I was like. Andy said that same thing. And I remember thinking, I hate him, but she should pick him if that's the way that he makes her feel. <laughs> I was like, dang, this guy, whatever he's got going on, like he's just like, he's got this aura about him. And I'm just like, ugh, you're the worst. But this bachelorette liked him, liked him a lot, liked him enough to get him to second place. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. And then enough for him to have a great relationship with someone on the beach and then become the bachelor. Exactly. So that Chris S is what you have to have in order to be a proper villain. That even that, if you're going to do that, then at least be the Luke Parker route where the lead is obsessed with you long enough for you to stay relevant. 
Right. Because at least Luke P was like, oh, he was the worst. He was the worst. But I remember yeah, how much we hated him. But he him. was cute. And then he kept talking his way out of like, oh, I'm, I'm, but I'm innocent in this, right? And then he'd get back to the house and freaking roid rage. <laughs> <laughs> it was roid rage. I really do feel that. I feel that in my soul, man. That's crazy. That was something. But, but yeah, like baby boy Chris S, no. No. It ain't going to cut it. No. Uh, we get a black screen ahead of uh, Michelle and Joe's dinner portion that says the following segment contains discussions of depression and suicidal thoughts. Viewer discretion is advised. I uh, missed this because, black screen because I was making pasta. Well, I saw it, <laughs> but I didn't see what we were discussing. So mm-hmm. I just had to like, like I was just like cringing in fingers. I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. You're like, what's going to happen? <laughs> Like my my thought word. was, did he get depressed? Did he get touched by a coach? I don't know. Ooh, yeah. There's, oh, that's right. You just saw a message. You're like, anything can go down right now. I'm just like, I'm advised, but I don't know what advised of. <laughs> I'm advised, but I don't know how I'm being advised. <laughs> oh and man. Because we, I mean, I don't really know what our listeners have gone through. So if you don't want to hear us discuss it. Uh, we are at the 21 minute mark. I would come back at like the 26 minute mark. Give us five minutes yeah. or so. Uh, so you're welcome to fast forward to that and just listen in for a second or two, see where we're at, and then you adjust accordingly. But I would try to give us five minutes to try to parse through what happened. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's... this is, like I said, this is the moment where I was like, Joe's saying it, t- and it took him a little bit to break down the wall of like what, because he was still saying, words that were still protecting him you know there were kind of vague statements Mm -hmm. about his injury and everything and it all stemmed from what was it michelle asked him what 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 exactly how did she she's she's like who's joe okay which is that that's a broad it's a broad question right somebody's like who's brendan who's there maria we have a list of things that we like but i think she wanted to allow him to say whatever he wanted to say Mm mm-hmm so I think if he wanted to completely avoid this, mm-hmm. he totally could have it. He chose not to, which good for him. Like appreciate him taking in, taking this on. But I think that she was definitely allowing him because you hear in a town like Minneapolis with Mr. Basketball, mm-hmm. you hear about that. Yeah. The gruesome injury that's possibly ruining his career. But if he doesn't want to talk about it, you don't want to bring it up. Right, right. So she probably knew what he was talking about in terms of at least the injury. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we, we, here, we had a baseball player that's really big name, played, was going to be one of the bigger parts of the Milwaukee Brewers playoff run for this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I knew who he was. He played against my brother. And he hurt his hand right before the start of the postseason and it was like local sports news. Really? Because he went to West. Yeah. He like broke his hand drunk after like a party. Oh gosh. So he wasn't going to play. And I'm just like, it's kind of like that situation. But like, imagine if he was like the biggest name in the state. Yeah. Uh, that's rough. Yeah. I think what got me about this story is that because he starts out and he is kind of big, you know, he's just kind of talking about how. Um, he got the sports injury 
how he was obviously really into basketball, you know, but like this thing happened. This is where I really put, I was stirring my pasta. And this is where I had to stop because when he talks about the doctor doing the surgery first, and then was it like, was it botched or like, yeah, the, was there some the sort screw, of mess up? He, the screw he used was too big and ended up splitting the splitting it in half. Okay. So he ended up making it worse instead of fixing it. That's And that's what I thought he was saying was that that, because I was thinking, I was like, Joe, you could probably sue. He probably did. Yeah. Because that's really, that's really something. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, he, he talks about he he broke his foot in college. The doctor that performed the surgery ended up using, like I said, a screw that was too big, made it a mm-hmm. lot worse. The subsequent surgery repaired the damage well enough for Joe to continue to compete in sports, but he was not the same. Which may have been, mm-hmm. remember we saw, we talked about how he went from a D1 school to like a lower school. Mm-hmm. And that may have been why. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, this story started to make me really sad when he really got into it. Because then he starts talking about, like, how much of his identity was wrapped up in being this star basketball player who was expected to go places. And I I can imagine loving a game, being good at a game, and all of that aligning, and then having that taken away from you because of a mistake you know, yeah. that makes you worse. And then when you go back to that thing you love, you it's like you still love it, but your ability doesn't match with your love anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that's some sort of, yeah, that, that would be so disassociative or diso- I don't know the word, dissociative, um, that that is a level of trauma that's hard to rebound from. No pun intended with a rebound. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> So if we told you to come back at the 26 minute mark and reevaluate, we got sidetracked a little bit. Come back in a minute. Sorry, or two. Sorry guys. Come back in a minute or two. But, uh, he says there, he says there was a time where I was thinking if I still wanted to be here, ball was life. And that life was gone. So he talked, he's, he said, he says he struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts because he was not where he thought he could be and he'll never get there again. And like then, that just man yeah that makes me so sad michelle says you woke up fighting every day a battle that a lot of people didn't know about and you got through it and then uh i was listening to something today and they had uh callie curry on callie curry is married to steph curry's brother mm-hmm. and is doc river's daughter and she mm-hmm. played d1 college volleyball and she when she got done playing she didn't like she went to Puerto Rico to play pro volleyball. And what she said was she did, she didn't really want to go play. She didn't want to go pro, but she didn't know what else there was. Like, because mm. she was playing, she didn't have any internships, which means she had no connections to what she wanted to do. She didn't really have any opportunities, and she was didn't know where to go and had only been described, only been uh, thought of as the athlete. That is so like serious. That is such a that's such a scary thing to think about. Your identity being wrapped up in one thing, mm-hmm. one thing that you're good at, one thing that you love, that you 
And that one thing is huge. You know, it can take you places. It's always active. You know, it's a, it's a present tense thing, you know, and then when it just stops like that. And I think, I would think it's, it's, I mean, you know, being in the military is different obviously, but like the same regimen and the same, like, um, having your identity rooted in something Mm -hmm. like being a soldier, you know, like once that stops, what do you do? You know? Um, and I want, I heard a few weeks ago, actually, um, Abby Wambach talking on a podcast about when she retired from soccer Mm -hmm. and yeah, that thought of like, this is all I've known my entire life. This is what I'm good at. This is who I am, you know? And then it just being like, well, what do I do now? Where do I go? Like, what does life look like? And that can be like a dangerous in between for some people. Um, but yeah, that's, oh, that is when Joe was telling a story and the more emotion he started to like the layers started to be peeled back and you could see more of who he is. And I was glad that he didn't stop with the tears. You know, I thought that he might stop with the tears. Yeah. And just I, say, like, so I don't want to talk about it anymore, but I was glad that he went through and told more. So that was where I was like, okay, Joe, you're not, you're not just a pretty face. You've got a really good heart too. So, yeah, this is this was definitely one of the better interactions we've had with Joe so far this season. Uh, super emotional. Mm-hmm. They share a kiss. They obviously she gives him the rose, and they do some random carnival activities until the end of the scene. Also, when he said "ball was life," um, do you watch Ted Lasso? Uh, no, but the recap that we're using uh, used the Ted Lasso theme. It's like, a, yeah, ball really? was life. Because, yeah, like, when he said ball was life, I immediately thought of Danny Roja, football is life. Like, he always says this, is that football football is life. And I'm like, Danny, it's not life. But okay. I love Danny Roja, though. So happy. I never saw an episode. I I don't have Apple TV. You should definitely watch Ted Lasso when you can. It is the most inspiring I'll have to to try to find it illegally. If anyone has any illegal access to Ted Lasso, let me know. Uh, we head to the group date. Group date kind of sucks. Kind of want to blow right through it. Uh, uh, yeah, this group date sucks. Uh, some Vikings show up. And they're at the Minnesota Vikings Stadium. But not football Vikings. Real Vikings. I, yeah. Uh, so, I was disappointed when this happened. Yeah. I knew that it was too good to be true, though, when she said, are you guys ready to meet the Vikings? I was like, yeah, the Vikings they, are there? They Once again, the I was Minnesota... now serving myself the pasta that I had made when this happened. <laughs> I mean, they had already uh, they'd already had the Minnesota Twins on this episode, so it would be a little overkill to have the Vikings on as well. That's true. That's true. They just had big people with long hair come in and pretend yeah. they're Vikings. Uh, so they throw some wood logs around. And then, this was Clay's time to shine, by the absolutely. way. He was ready. He yes. woke up that morning and he was like, this is going to be it. This is my time. This is when Michelle knows I'm here. Right. And then they have them go change. Everyone is in cool Viking attire except for Chris, which who continues to be the joke as he comes out in a horse costume. Yeah. If I were him, I'd literally, in that moment, I'd be like, I'm going home. Yeah. Uh, they are now going to eat 
fish and also Viking head hash, which is a blend of cow brains, tongues, and cheek. I just don't. Why does everything always have to have like a weird, a weird food element? I don't know. Uh, after that, they do some arm wrestling, as one does in Viking competition. Didn't Chris go against his um his arch nemesis Olu? Yeah, well, not his arch nemesis because his arch nemesis. Well, he tried to make him his arch his arch enemy. Yeah, Olu tried to make him his arch nemesis. Chris is solely focused on Nate. Oh, that's true. That's true. Because like, but last week though, when Olu was like, "What was it that he said?" Oh, he asked him if he thought he was going to get a rose. Yeah, and because Chris, like, Chris is like, gonna "I'm going to do... get a rose, um, and I'm going to like, I'm going to blow a kiss or something like that to Olu." I don't know what it, what it was. And then but... he ended up doing absolutely nothing because he's a giant wuss baby. Right, because I was looking for it. I was like, "This is your time, Chris. This is your time." That would have sealed the deal as a villain. That would have been a villain move he, if he had followed through on that. But instead, he was like, "Oh, he's so much bigger than me, though. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stand here." But I'm mad. Yeah, um, whatever. Uh, they they give Clayton the ultimate Viking warrior title thing. Give him the fun hat, and then we move to the evening portion. I still, excuse me. I still. I know that there's future Clayton things happening, but I'm still like. Not really feeling the vibe between these two. Uh, so this lovely article that we're using to keep track has given us a review of the things we've learned in the last five weeks about Clayton. Mm-hmm. There's four things. None of them mean anything. <laughs> and two of them are traits you see on his Instagram. Number one, he loves his parents. Great. Number two, he has big muscles. Obvious by his Instagram. Number three, he has dimples. Also obvious on his Instagram, and it's also a genetic flaw. Is it? It is. I'm genetically flawed. You are genetically flawed. <laughs> and number four, he thinks Michelle has, quote, all these great qualities. Right, when he said that, I was like, cool. Also, though, Michelle's kind of boring, but that's neither here nor there. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Did you, like, did you see the blooper scene him. at the end? Mm-hmm. Did you see the scene at the end mm-hmm. of the episode? Yes. Michelle's the... fun. Michelle's always fun at the end of an episode. All well, right. Maybe they should put that in the middle. Right. You would think. You would think. Maybe they should show more of Michelle's sense of humor. I think. I she heard a is... podcast talking about this recently. They were like Michelle. She's always the funny one because when you saw those outtakes from Matt James season, you could tell she's so funny. She's always got like something witty to say or some silly dance or whatever she's doing. But yet when they, why is she never getting okay, that in a big but edit? You know, this is a certifiable fact or Marty Crowder it is a certifiable yes. fact that there are only two times that they show any humor on this show in the, the cutscene at the end. Yes. The cutscene at the end and paradise everyone knows those are the only two places you're allowed to have fun in bachelor nation that sucks so why would they why would they now because hannah brown was funny too hannah brown was a blast but they never showed they never showed it because we know Mm -hmm. we knew 
from we knew it was certifiable that Hannah Brown was funny, mm-hmm. but they never showed it to us. That makes me mad. Do they not think that funny is sexy? They like, think that funny. Like... They think that funny is not dramatic, and that's the Ugh. only thing they care about. I'm over this because like Michelle could be, she could have such a better edit. She's always like so not somber, but serious. Because they don't want you to have fun. They don't think that stupid. Falling in love is fun. They obviously don't think that looking for love should be fun. Hate this show. I'm done. I'm kidding. I guess I'll finish this on my own. (laughs) Uh, We move on from Clayton to Pastor Brandon based purely on his shirt that he had buttoned all the way to the very top. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, so, so high up to the top. Um, I was glad for him that he was getting Swedish fish, though. And when I saw the Swedish fish, I really did start craving it. Because Swedish fish is such a weird candy. Like, I can either eat one or two, or I can eat 25. There is no in-between. I don't need, I don't want to make that much effort to eat candy. I never go out of my way for Swedish fish, though. I would literally. It is only when it is there. I would literally prefer to eat nothing than eat Swedish fish. <laughs> if there's a bag of it on the table like there was during a um, trivia game that uh, we were at last year at our church. <laughs> that neither one of us there really was, attend, but continue. Right. There was uh, Swedish fish. I and I don't think I ate a single one of them because Swedish fish are gross. And we were eating a lot of Swedish fish. And I was like, dang! I I think I underestimated these things and I have not had one since. <laughs> so. Uh, so they have a great conversation. She obviously likes him. Uh, he is obviously, like you said, a smitten kitten for Michelle. Mm-hmm. He is very in the Michelle. Uh, we cut back to the area where all the guys are kind of hanging out, waiting for them to be taken for their time. Uh, Chris, Casey says, tonight you can tell that Chris S. is just a little bit off. And then he asks him, have you talked to her tonight? I'm sorry, Martin asked him if he's talked to her tonight, and Chris sighs, no. I'm telling you, I feel... Like I said what I said, and that Nate goes in there. He immediately gets a one-on-one. I haven't spoken to her since. He was leaving it completely up to Michelle. Like He was like, I'm not making an effort. But then he looked like he was hurt that she didn't make the effort First to of him. All, a, bro, she doesn't like you. Right. It's very She obviously- literally walked in and said, are we missing somebody? She, it's very obviously. <laughs> if she liked you, she'd be like, "Where's Chris?" She very obviously does not like you. Like if no. Brandon had been gone, she wouldn't have had to say anything. She'd been like, "Oh, I'm just gonna wait for Brandon." Right. She would have known who was gone. That was a telltale sign right there that she's like, "Are we missing somebody?" Yeah. So then she comes back in. Uh, she gives Clayton the group date rose. He's very, as she should have. As she should have. Clayton really killed it tonight. It's the only time yeah. he's killed it so far. Yeah. Uh, she says, all right, I will see you guys later. You see Chris uh, roll his eyes. Obviously, he was so shocked that she was like, that's the end of the night. He was like, what? The end of the night? And then goes into saying, 
you see that I'm not being, I'm fun and I'm goofy. And you see that I'm not being any one of those things on this, on this group date. And you didn't ask about me. <laughs> yes. He says, he says, I'm not sure why she hasn't talked to me yet. I put myself out there for her even more than I normally would. More than you normally would. Like, bro, you're on a show called the bachelorette with like 30 other dudes. You've got to amp up your regular life times 10. We didn't even talk about Martin's conversation. I blew right past it on accident. Which one? The one where he said that girls are high maintenance. Oh, no, 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 no. That was towards the end. That was, that was oh, the, was, it, was that the cocktail That party? was the rose ceremony. Okay, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm getting my, I'm getting, no. my, I'm getting my cringy Martin conversations confused. Cringy Martin came out at a time that he did not need to be cringe. <laughs> he should have been way less cringe. I was like, uh, you do know what's happening, right, Martin? <laughs> you about to go out there and fight for your life? <laughs> okay. Uh, then Clayton, not Clayton, Casey at the end of the scene says, I'm fearful of another performative display where he thinks he needs to make some bold actions. If you thought he was desperate last week, he's way more desperate this week. I really like Casey. Dex Shepard should have stayed. I really think he should have. Because not only, one, does he remind me of Dex Shepard. But two, he just seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. He seems like he's very centered and very, like, he has a good sense of humor. Yeah. You know? I definitely would have kept him over Olu. Yeah. Olu seems very nice. Yeah. Olu seems really nice. And he's, like, his thing is he's strong and he's buff and he's manly and he's, He's like the outer package, I feel like. Which Casey's cute too, though. Could you imagine it? I mean, and then really, but Olu's also very sweet and seems very centered. Yeah, that's true. So that's I feel true. like Olu, Olu has what Chris has, and what Casey has, and also what Casey doesn't have. Yeah, so that's why he's still yeah. here. But yeah, I I really like Casey. I do, and I liked his commentary on like. Chris, him just being like, oh, okay. Trying to diffuse the situation, but at the same time being like, this is going to be a situation. Is anyone going to deal with it? Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to tell producers and hopefully they stop him and they're like, right, like we're he's not stopping like, it okay. either. Anybody keeping an eye out on this one? All right. Yeah, so that's how we end the group date. Uh, not my favorite part of the episode, but it's okay. Uh, the next day, mm-hmm. Nate and Michelle are meeting at the famed Lake Minnetonka. Yes. Uh, Doesn't mean anything to me. Might be like Lake of the Ozarks in terms of like their Lake of the Ozarks. Who knows? Uh, They ride a boat for a little bit and then they pull up to the dock and Michelle's friends are there waiting for them. Yeah. And they're just going to have a chill boat conversation. Nate's face when she told him that they weren't going to be the only ones there. Like he was just like, Okay. Like, I think it, on his face, it looked like he was like, is this is this a two-on-one? The thing that I keep bringing up, they apparently have completely written out of the franchise. The two-on-one date is Chris S here. But that's what I would have done. Yeah. But apparently, they don't do the two-on-one anymore, as you have pointed out. Well, once again, the two-on-one only makes sense if one of them cares even 10% as much as they care about the other one. Yeah, she Which, does not care about Chris. So. No. And that would be the only two-on-one at the moment that's even available. Yeah, yeah. So we meet uh, Michelle's friends, Allie and Tia. And 
they, she says, Michelle tells us, I haven't asked the hard questions in the past. Ali and Tia, they've seen that and they just jump right into the hard questions. So they Michelle are is all about the hard questions. I think, I think that's why she's doing it now because she has it in the past. Okay. But like, even when she went on her date with Rick and remember when they were writing those things, um, on like making a wish, uh-huh. um, and she was like, uh, what was her wish? It was like something like we, I wish you, I wish you love by asking the hard questions or whatever, but Rick was going to be like in the good times and the bad. But then she said hard questions. He was like, Oh, right. Right. And so that's what they put in there. And I was like, that's a lame wish. I mean, yes, the hard questions need to be asked. Don't write it on a freaking piece of paper. If I got that wish from somebody, if I went to that same place and I got, I wish you love by asking a hard question, I'd be like, put it back. Let's get another one. (laughs) But if you had dated someone who was a walking red flag and you never asked them about it and then you were destroyed and heartbroken in the end, wouldn't that be your focus in the future to make sure that walking red flag is addressed before you even started to love them? I guess. Just, Michelle's always reminding me of the red flags, the hard questions, this one, the wanting to, like... Who, who do, the people who don't succeed in this franchise don't ask hard questions. You're right, you're right, but ugh. I think you, what you need to, you have six days, (laughs) and this is, this is so true. You have six days to not hate Michelle, because it seems like you're here to hate Michelle. I'm not here to hate Michelle. Everything you had, everything you say suggests that you hate Michelle. I don't hate Michelle. I just want Michelle to be funner. And I know that funner is not a word. More fun. But you know that we also, as we just discussed, that's not necessarily her fault. Because if she is funny on a date, they have to put it in. Yeah. Yeah. So we should put it in. So then you hate, don't hate Michelle, hate producers. You're right. Okay. Okay. So the her friends. Ali and Tia are here to ask the tough questions that she doesn't normally ask, but is deciding it should probably be a bigger part of her plan. Oh, even her friends are boring. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I just need to get that out. All right. Okay. What is So what did, they ask they, they oddly enough are coaxed to ask Nate. If he has friends or enemies in the house. Oh yeah, that was that was getting straight to the point. They were uh, like, "How he, does he? How does he handle life on a sociological level?" Right. He he basically, without naming any names, says that there's somebody who thinks that he said that they have he has it in the bag, and yeah. he attempts to come off. Not as cocky, but as confident, and says, "When I spend time with Michelle, I know there's something going on here. I had that confidence." And then the girl suggested they have physical chemistry together. And then yeah, you- the girls were all about all about that um, that physical chemistry. They were like, "Oh, look at the way you look at each other. 
look at this. And also Nate's cute. So of course you're going to be rooting for that physical chemistry because he's adorable. Uh, Tia says, I like what I see right now. I love the way you guys look at each other. And then Allie says, the whole day went better than I could have even imagined. And then it's time, now they say that it's time to purify yourselves in the lit waters of Lake Minnetonka, which means just jump in. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Like, it was, I don't know. This, like I said, this date was the first time that I was kind of like, I got the exact opposite vibes of what her friends got. Her friends are like, Nate, we're all about Nate. He passed the test. He's so great. Nate the great. And I'm kind of like, Nate doesn't really feel like he might be the one. And then I have to think about it. I'm like, is he just not the one for me? I'm not the bachelorette. Michelle is the bachelorette. So I have to separate myself from the franchise. But... I don't know. There's something cocky about Nate. There just I mean, is. Yeah. There is. I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty obvious. But like, yeah. She obviously really likes him. The only mm-hmm. question is how much he likes her. And that's really yeah. the only question between the success of this relationship is how much he likes her, because he's super cool. Mm-hmm. So he, I don't know if he's just playing it cool, and like was that's- trying to pretend like he's not obsessed with her. Well, he's not obsessed with her. So that's really the only question is, is he just pretending that he doesn't like her or does he actually not really like her that much? That's what I, like, I I don't want to say he doesn't like her because that's not, I don't think he doesn't, he doesn't like her. But I feel like he is putting on this show of like being so cool. He's kind of cocky. He's like, and I do agree with the fact that he does seem like he, has it in the bag kind of thing. Um, I think the messenger was the wrong messenger. Okay. Like, I, I think the message was accurate. This is kind of what I got out of just this date with, ironically, with her friends, where they were like, slap on the back, so great, high fives all around, you found it. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just my gut feeling. I got to parse it out a little bit, but... He's not, he's not, he's not it. Like I said, though, Toad's adorable. Yeah. He's real cute. My mom and I have been texting about him a lot. He, he's real cute. <laughs> the, okay, so I mentioned the bachelor party pod earlier, and mm-hmm. they were t- both talking about how incredibly hot that they think Joe is. Joe, though. Joe. I don't see it. I think that Joe is serious, right? <laughs> They, I really they do. They said that Joe should have gone into the business of athleisure wear modeling. Yeah. Really? Joe, like, I would have, I would have been like, make Joe, well, I don't know if he has the personality for The Bachelor. Like, I if he had a little so. bit more, yeah. If he had um, more. He's got a little bit more, but, like, okay. Like, I was going to say, he's kind of got this Greg vibes to me. Like, Greg was, like, very sweet and kind of quiet. But also Greg was funny, mm-hmm. you know? So Greg was kind of like along the lines of Michelle. Like you catch him doing something funny and mm-hmm. you're like, that's that's hilarious. Um, but I, I would put Joe in that same column of being like cute and sort of quiet. And, but like, but Joe, yeah, Joe's very cute. 
Joe, I would put Joe above Nate. No. Yeah. Nate, Nate is, and this may just be because I wish I was 10% as cool as Nate, <laughs> but Nate is probably, honestly, I think Nate may be top 10, top 15 cutest people we've had to franchise since I've started watching. Really? Like, see, Nate, like, for he is, sure. He, he is legitimately, he's not Taylor, he's not Tyler C., Mm-hmm. Which is probably the hottest person to ever be on this show. Yeah, yeah. But he's up there. He is very, he is very cute. Um, he's yes, Nate is hot. Nate is hot for sure. But Joe, though, it's I think it's his eyes. I think it's his eyes. I think he I just, just looks sweet. Joe just looks. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad for him about to say Joe looks old to me. You. I don't know, mid thirties, mid to upper thirties. He don't look Jamie old though. No, God no. Jamie was at 186. Right. I don't understand how but Jamie I was like, like supposed I, to be two years younger than me. I was like, no, no. I feel like Joe maybe his his depressional issues and the basketball aged him greatly, but it almost looks like he has been president for four years. He, like when we watched like Obama, like he, he, looks like he like, came into the White House, he looked like a baby. Yeah, he looks like <laughs> Obama between between terms. Between term Obama, like, like not <laughs> not on the verge of his deathbed, yeah. but like older than he should have been. But he's just been he's been through a lot. He seems to stop. <laughs> he seems like he's been through a lot, <laughs> and he obviously he has. Depression takes its toll on people. But I do not see it on his face. He does I, not I look old to me. I see. I see him bathing in old. No, he looks so young. He looks so young, and like his skin is so nice. Like his eyes are so bright. He looks so young. Maybe I just need to reevaluate the next time I see him. Maybe I need to scroll through his Instagram. If we like were talking to a sketch artist and we described the same person, <laughs> they would be like, "This person is 90. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying he's 90 but I'm saying like how old is Joe what is he like late 20s let's see early 30s let's see I just feel like he's approximately five years older than he says he is <laughs> how old is Joe Joe Coleman Joe Coleman age what do he's we got probably like, do we he's got? 28 he looks. He looks to be mid thir- up, mid thirties. No. Yeah. Show me. Show me his picture. He does not look old. Not there, but he looks. He looks worse on the show. He's the only person I've seen that has ever looked, even remotely worse, on the show than he. he... Look, like look at him. He reminds me of her dad. He does not. Yeah, he does. Okay, we're moving. No, we're he's moving. so cute. I'm we need so to get back to how is. we need to get back to Nate. Uh, they go to dinner portion of Nate and Michelle's date. Uh, Michelle says that she's looking for a good communicator. Wait, pause. Hold on. I was scrolling through the hotness of Joe. This picture came up and it said Joe Coleman. <laughs> Thank you. He's it's old. an old man, everyone. It's an old man out on the ball field. I guess he's a baseball player, but how dare you? Anyway, carry on. Okay, so Michelle lets us know that she's looking for a good communicator who can have fun. 
but is not afraid to be vulnerable. Michelle re- re- reveals that in her last serious relationship, it was she got super sick, mm-hmm. and she just kept getting worse and worse. And it wasn't until her boyfriend basically broke up with her and says, "I can't deal with it anymore," that she started to feel even remotely better. She mo- ended up moving back in with her parents to take care of her. And then this is when she realized that she was basically, he was the reason she was so sick. That he was okay, just so toxic. I thought that this, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. Go said. ahead. You're good. I was just going to say this, this revelation. And I don't want to say that this story is what made Michelle interesting to me. <laughs> But this story made Michelle interesting to me because I I was like, wow. So, because I really do believe this, you know, I do believe this, that certain circumstances that you were in directly impact your physical health. Like, however your mental health is, oh, goes yeah, into sure. your physical health. Yeah. And so the fact that she had such a toxic relationship that it manifested itself in her physical health, like the toxicity is actually eating away at her. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I find that fascinating. I find that sad. I would hate for anybody to go through something like that. The fact that her boyfriend was like, I can't handle this. I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, Honestly, what? it probably was the best thing for her. Well, yeah. But the fact that he wanted to leave at her sickest, like she said, you know, but I'm just, I'm just curious to like what... Well, I think you what can this only, is actually like. You can only see your sickest when it's over, mm-hmm. or otherwise you think you just keep going downhill. Yeah. So I think that's why she was at her sickest, because that's when he left, and she was mm-hmm. able to start healing and recovering both mentally and physically. Yeah, because she said that her parents took care of her, and like when she would sleep, that's when they were terrified. Yeah. So like, how bad did this actually get? We Honestly, we may never know. We probably won't ever know. Yeah. Like I just thought that that was very interesting. Like, I was like, I want to, I want to know more about that. I want to know, and this probably comes from my like mental, mental health um, fascination and passion, because I, I really do. I'm such an advocate for mental health and wellness. But I just, I want to like, I want to sit with Michelle and hear more of that. I want her to be on podcast this week and talk more about that. You know, I want to know what that was like and what she got out of that situation. So, but man, that was her last relationship too. It turns out she's just talking about Matt James. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so we basically, this is kind of where to a certain extent, the date kind of ends Mm -hmm. because Chris S has had enough. The and fact, the nerve, the nerve to walk up to the table that they are dining at. He says he feels really played by Michelle. I still think she should. She is making a huge mistake. I have a lot to say to her, and it can't wait. I can't wait. Why is it can't what? what? He's like, I just want to go home now. She, he says, she says she wants someone to make her feel seen and show up. I'm going to show up. Well, he walks and Did you notice how he had to walk up the escalator because it wasn't even working? Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about that. 
they, no one else was supposed to be going up there. Everyone right. who was going up was already up. Oh my gosh, this guy. But he heads up there. Uh, Michelle sees him first, is confused. That was the most awkward, like, I saw a meme online that was talking about how, are we wearing the same blouse? Are we wearing, <laughs> are we wearing the same J. Crew blouse? And that's what um, Nate's asking. And Michelle's like, yeah, we are. Chris is here. Because <laughs> you can tell her eyes are, like, looking over his shoulder. Right. Like, she's no longer present. Uh, Michelle is very confused. Nate is like, bro, what are you doing here? Uh, she He says, Chris says, hey, can I speak... Can I speak with you for one moment? Just one moment. It's important. Well, no, it's not important, Chris. I can't believe this. Uh, Michelle, not happy he's here in the slightest, decides to talk to him just so that she can get him to leave. He says, I feel really insecure being here. Uh, And then admits that he was disappointed and feels played by her unwillingness to listen to what he had to say about Nate. I came to say that I warned you and I don't want you to make the wrong decision. Oh my goodness. Uh, Michelle says that she was caught off guard and frustrated by his showy outburst at the cocktail party <laughs> and says, then why did you put a fake smile on the group date and be fake with me all day if that was on your mind? That's because she didn't want to talk to you. She right. just doesn't care about you she has nothing for you emotionally, physically, mentally, or spiritually. Yeah, and why would she want to rehash that of all places at a group date? No. You know, why would she want to kill her own vibe? Uh, Michelle says, I appreciate you wanting to look out for me, but at the same time, I can speak for myself. That's right, that's right. And then she- I thought she, she made some really good points when she was saying, like, as a woman, especially as a woman of color, People tend to speak for you and your voice gets lost in the shuffle. Your voice gets lost in the crowd. And it is so true, you know, like in, even when you're in circumstances and you're around people that they don't even realize it happens, you know, like for Chris, he probably, to him, he might actually think like, I'm trying to, you know, tell her that this guy is not good for her, you know, or like, I'm going to stand up and say this or whatever, you know, but no, Chris is, Chris is just there because he's just whatever. But, you know, sometimes people don't realize that, you know, and then when they hear that, they're like, oh, you know what? Thanks for saying that. Because that's not how I was meaning it. Didn't realize that that's how it's coming off. So, but I thought she made, those are really valid points of like something very true. I would really like to turn this political, but we're just going to keep going. Okay. (laughs) Dang. All right. (laughs) I can see the wheels in your head turning. I know, I know. This is not this is not the podcast for that. If you'd like to me to start a political podcast, I would love to, but we're not going to do that right now. Uh, <laughs> Michelle lets us know, I just don't see this relationship progressing, so I do need to walk you out. And she walks right, she walks with Chris past Nate to the escalator that is now working. Right, they're like, turn it on, turn it on. Let's get him out of here faster. And then they leave. He comes, they come back and she gives him the group date rose, the one-on-one date rose, and they go out and see fireworks. Yeah. Nate's like, bye. 
yeah, he's like, I'll, he honestly, he had long since lost respect for Chris and did not care about Chris at all. And was honestly probably didn't even feel intimidated in any way by Chris. So it was just more no. like, please stop annoying me. Right. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, whenever Chris came up, there was no sense of intimidation. There was just, get out of here. This guy again. Like, kind of like a, just a gnat or a fly just flying around at dinner. And you're like, ugh, get out of here. That was neat with Chris. He just swatted out of, at him to get out of here. Yeah. I was loving Michelle's look on this date, by the way. Michelle, look, Michelle has looked great. In almost every scene of mm-hmm. the season so far, she's got such a she's got such a quiet glamour yes. about her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't come off as super showy. She just shows up, and you're like, "Wow, yeah." For but sure. she's very so so down to earth and still very mm-hmm. humble with it. Uh, we quickly go through a cocktail party. Uh, Rick and her go outside, and they dance to a street performer mm-hmm. uh, and that's I think that's about she it she was like she was like did you know that that piano was here he's like no I didn't believe him he knew yeah 100% he totally knew and then uh, it's all, it's Brandon's birthday so <laughs> Brandon she got him is a so cake. sweet I would like Brandon to be the next bachelor he's adorable he's so like great. this episode really showcased his adorability he is honestly, I think besides like the pizzapreneur mm-hmm. who I would love to talk to just because I think he's crazy and probably has mob connections. Brandon's we the person to I want to talk to most. Yeah. Brandon would be really sweet to talk to. I think that I think alone. that Brandon will fare well on the island. Brandon will yeah, Brandon will kill it on the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then that's really, uh, trying to quickly think, was there anything else that really happened on this? Besides the rose ceremony, no. Yeah, that's it. Uh, oh, Martin. Oh, yes. Now we can talk about <laughs> yes. Martin. Uh, Martin, he's, he's, basically he starts by telling Michelle that women in Miami are very high maintenance. This was such a weird turn of a conversation. Yeah, it was not headed in any way in that direction. He, but have he, you noticed Martin tends to do that? He did that on his own freaking one-on-one he, last he week. He puts himself in bad positions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's very odd the way he does it, too. Like, I'm like, dang, dude, settle down. Uh, she asked him what he means by that. He stammers all over his words and is basically just like, hey, you know, like some women want men to take care of them and not do anything. And that's basically what he thinks high maintenance is. Yeah. Is that he's that he the women in Miami don't want to work and only want to live off what a man can produce want to not only man to produce a lot, but to only live off what that man produces, supposedly. I'm fascinated by this conversation as well, though. Yeah. You know what? I take it back. I want to talk to Martin, too. Right, right. Like, I was going to say, like, Martin would be cool to talk to because, A, he'd probably get himself in even a little bit more trouble and not mean it. But then, B, I just want to pick apart his brain and be like, what do you, so what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And also, as a man who the only time he was ever even close to Miami 
very much enjoyed the Miami food that he had. I like to talk Miami. I like to talk Cuban food with Martin. Yeah. But like Martin, I mean, he has a point though. Like so, high maintenance is like just do this, do that for me. But I think you know? he just did. A, he did a terrible job of explaining it, and made it sound like the one thing he's trying to he's trying to get away from his lazy women. Yeah. What what I think he meant more than high maintenance was materialistic. Yeah, like that. Okay, that I can roll with. That's true. But I think like, he. I think know. he was using. He was using the wrong term, and then was trying to describe the wrong term. Than more than what he meant. If he had said, if he had described a materialistic woman, mm-hmm. Michelle could have been like, okay, yeah, I understand what you're trying to say. What you're saying is not high maintenance. Right. It's loves the flashy things in life. Yeah. But that's not what you said. High maintenance and materialistic are different. But like that, yeah, I just, and my, my thing, I do really appreciate it about Michelle um, is that she does ask those hard questions. She digs in a little bit Mm -hmm. and she's like, well, how do you mean? What do you mean by that? And when he tries to get out of it, she's like, no, let's go back to that. And then he, and then she asks, how was it? What makes a man high maintenance versus more different than a female that's high maintenance? Yeah. And basically what he said was men don't expect to be taken care of in relationships. So they can't be high maintenance. But there are men that expect to be, I don't know. It just, it was just, it was a weird conversation. I think, I think what he was, it was almost like he was saying men can't be. Yeah. And that's, there lies the mistake. Yes. Because it sounded like he was just saying women are high maintenance. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then he was like, yeah, but you're not that thing. You know, it's like, oh gosh, Martin, Martin, Martin. Um, yeah, I thought that this is fascinating. I thought it was fascinating the way that he started to dig himself in a hole when he was sitting in that tin, uh, that tin pool outside of that date that they had that race car date in the parking lot. They're talking about Jamie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he was just like, uh, I mean, you know, he's a cool guy. Um, and yeah, you could have given him a little bit more leeway, but I trust your judgment. Yeah, I don't think you do, bro. And it's like, but you just said that you don't. <laughs> right, right. Um <laughs> So we're just going to head straight to the rose ceremony from here. The rose ceremony, uh, roses for Rick, Olu, Brandon, somehow Martin, and Rodney. Martin got it. Joining Joe, Clayton, and Nate who have roses. Sending Leroy and Casey home. And then Chris, who is probably already at the airport because he went home the night before. Absolutely. I would have definitely swapped out Chris for Martin. But... Or not Chris. Uh, Casey? Um, Casey. Yeah. Um, but that being said, Martin is entertaining. That's why they kept Martin, because I don't think and, I don't think she care cared at all about either of the three of them. Mm-hmm, and no. they probably asked her, like, hey, do you mind if you keep Martin? Yeah. And they're like, he's like, sure. And then she's And Martin like, has yeah, that yeah, boy band fine. hair. Martin has that boy band hair, so the ladies on Instagram are all about him, BT Dubs. Really? Yeah, I saw some, I saw some, uh, some love for Martin last night. I mean, he's definitely a handsome guy. Yeah, he's just, uh, 
He's a bit too flashy for me. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of flashiness. And then mm. I'm still, and I will forever be confused by the uh, mid-makeout glass takeoff, glasses takeoff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going uh, on there. So that's the last part of this episode. Uh, any change in your rankings? Uh, who did I have? I had Joe, Nate, because I just want to go, Nate. <laughs> so Joe, Nate, um, Rick, and did I have Rodney? You had Brandon. 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 Okay, yeah. No, I keep my rankings as, are, as they are. As I, is. Last time I did have Nate over Joe, so I'm keeping Nate over Joe. Nothing really has shown to change that for me. And then Mm -hmm. uh, Brandon passes Rick, but Rick is still at four. Mm. Rick, I'm interested to see where this goes. Because Rick said when she asked him, would you be, would you consider moving to Minneapolis? And he's like, yeah. Like Rick is like, I'm putting myself out there. I want you to know that I want to do this. Um, there's something weird about Rick and the way he talks, though, to me. Yeah, he's definitely, a, he seems weird. Yeah, and I don't want it to bother me, but it does. <laughs> but it yeah, does. it bothers me a little bit, too. Uh, headlines? <laughs> yes, news little, and notes, news, news and notes. That's right, news and notes. Uh, we'll start from the most boring and go up to the least boring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Andy Dorfman, former Bachelorette. She's got a boo thing. She has a boo. Uh, we don't know anything about him besides wearing Absolutely a not. hat. And she revealed him like, like they said, like Zane and Gigi revealed their baby, not showing the baby's face at all. Comments on Instagram were like, girl, nobody cares. You can show his face. You can show the gender of this baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next thing obviously the second least exciting you probably care the most uh ben higgins and his fiance jessica clark got married this past weekend she's so pretty yes she she's very pretty and uh, i did I expected... see a lot of a lot of different contestants including nick vile and uh sean uh booth reunited and kind of bridged their mended their their fences Whoa. yeah i mean I why not mended fences they like hate each other for a yeah, while. Yeah, I would like continued hatred. Nah, I'd prefer hatred. Nah. Uh, Tasha, a bunch, along with many other people, uh, ran the New York City Marathon. So this many past people weekend. ran that thing. Uh, I saw Tyler C ran it. I saw Peter Weber ran it. I Ugh. saw that Dr. Joe ran it. I oh, saw did he? He was the fastest time, like two and a half hours. Wow, good for him. And then Tasha and Peter, uh, Tasha and Zach ran it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Their obviously photos running. are really touching. Yes. Like you can tell he really roots her on. Yeah, Zach it. obviously running for his uh, work and slash charity. Uh, mm-hmm. That his re- his recovery thing. And apparently, this was his seventh marathon. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the story part of this is the fact that Tasha. Uh, briefly went to the hospital after that after the race uh she said yeah that she was unable to train as much 
as she wanted to because of her work schedule. I would assume that would include filming this season of The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hosting the podcast, uh, doing like appearances and whatnot, raking that cash while it's available, and also chronic knee and back pain, which is a combination that would suggest that maybe you should not run marathons. Uh, yeah. But she was obviously doing this for Zach. Yeah. Which and World Vision. And World Vision. And World Vision. But, like, <laughs> I think it really shows that this is a lasting couple. That she, like, without training, with chronic pain, decided mm-hmm. that it was important enough to be there for Zach to run this. Yeah. They're, like you said, I really do think that they're a lasting couple. I think so, too. They seem like they are firmly rooted in who they are as individuals enough to come together as a couple and to be like, this is who I am. This is who you are. I like who you are. You like who I am. Therefore it's love. <laughs> and that is also the benefit of Tasha being an influencer for like mm-hmm. two years before she was the lead. Yeah. Because yeah. she can influence just as well from New York as she can from California. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. it's also a benefit that she was able to uh, spend more time with him early on in New York than I think some bachelor couples are able to just based on their craziness of their lives mm-hmm. back home. Yeah, um, I really hope that they are forever because they're really, I hope they seem so stable and so reasonable of people. Sure. I mean, obviously that was one of the best seasons we've ever seen. Right! I loved it. it was, and it was, ever since then, I'm just been like, ugh. Whatever. I think you just need to get past that. It's, we can't have Tasha every season. I know, but she really set the bar so freaking high for me. Ever since, I'm just like, come on, can't everybody be Tasha? Not everyone can be. Tasha's amazing. Uh, and the most interesting story that came out this week, it actually came out today. Uh, yes, Hannah, you told me about this. Yes. This is the only one I didn't. I had no clue about this. Hannah Brown has written a book, God Bless This Mess. It's about her being a mess, oddly enough. And we saw it <laughs> repeatedly on television every time she yeah. was on. Love it. Uh, and in this book, there's probably other thoughts that might eventually come out in terms of stories. But the one that came out today was the fact that her and Peter Weber, who we discussed last week, being a train wreck of a person, slept with Hannah. They slept together. Between <laughs> this is this is such a crazy timeline. Between the ending of his engagement with Hannah Ann and before he tried to rekindle his relationship with Madison, he decided to sleep with Hannah Brown in the meantime. I just love like I'm looking this up right now, and people exclusive. Um, the headline is Hannah Brown reveals she hooked up with Peter while his bachelor season was airing. Like well, literally while it was airing, like it was on TV, which that timeline tracks the fact that you said that he breaks up with Hannah Brown. Okay. Like it's, and you know, obviously that was still on TV then breaks up, breaks up with Hannah Ann is like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life like that. But, but here's what I don't understand though. So this headline says Hannah Brown reveals that she hooked up with Peter while his bachelor season was airing. Peter told me he quit the show if I wanted to be with him. So his season wasn't done. No, I think that that's what he was talking about at the group date that she was on. 
Uh-huh. I think they said, I think he must have said that to her during the group date. Uh-huh. And for the show to continue working, they could not share that. She said, I never thought it, yeah, okay. She says, later she spoke out about it um, during a heated conversation. Um, I never thought it would be shown. It was very hard watching that with me because I felt like, um, well, wait, is this what she's talking about? No, actually, this isn't, I don't think that's what she's talking about in this. But let me see, because I'm curious about this. Okay, so she says, going back and seeing him as The Bachelor, it brought up a lot. Off camera, Peter told me he'd quit the show 100% if I could stay, if I could say that I wanted to be with him and I wanted to go on a date with him, but I couldn't say I knew for sure. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, like, on that group date is when he said that. I would think so, because that was the only time that they could have had a conversation while he was on the show about mm-hmm. quitting the show. That... Yeah. And it, because it was the only time that she could see him as The Bachelor and then have a conversation about him quitting the show. Mm-hmm. And it says here, yeah, that she ran into him at, at that engagement party. He said, I have so much to tell you. And the former couple ended up in bed together. The chemistry just wasn't there, she said, and it just it just sucked. And then I found out that he had another girl runner up on his mind. It was all so bizarre. Peter, <laughs> bro. Oh my god! So he slept with her, and then she found out about Madison. Yes. Dear goodness. I so desperately want to talk to her. She would be so much fun. She would, if, man, this, yeah, Weber ended his engagement with, is it Sluss? I think it's Sluss. Sluss, okay. It was, yeah. Um, to explore a relationship with Pruitt, and though they did make it work, um, meanwhile, Weber and Brown, who has been dating Adam Woolard for a year, hasn't spoken since. Things might not have turned out the way I expected, but I try to learn from every moment. And I don't wish ill will on anybody, and I'm in a really good place. So, yeah, he literally went back to his old girlfriend, slept with her in between new girlfriends. Yes. How is it that Peter Weber? Never ceases to blow my mind with his stupidity. What is I just he as we discussed last week or two weeks ago, he was so incredibly lost every step of the way. The only lead who seemed to get worse at the job as the season went on mm-hmm. progressively. Like it wasn't like he was doing okay and all of a sudden crashed all at once. No. He was bad from week to week. Like, from week to week, he got worse. Yeah. And this may be the greatest indictment of his inability to make decisions. And the fact that it is not even from an unnamed source. It is from Hannah Brown herself. Yeah. This wasn't, like, an insider. Like, she's... This girl literally is, like, it didn't work out with them. We slept together. 
Then I found out about this other girl. <laughs> and it was weird. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm glad I want I want to read Hannah B's book though. I really like her. I'll yeah. buy it. I'll buy it. Hannah, Hannah's, I'm great. First. Hannah's great. Hannah's uh, great. Anything else, Ernie? No, that's it. No, that that is it for sure. But you guys play along with us week to week on the Rose League, our podcast, Rose League. It's super fun. I myself forgot to lock in my people last night. Don't know how it happened. I'm just really mad at myself, but I'm still in sixth place out of 10. Okay, you guys. Bring in more people to our league. Come in. Top me. Top Brendan, who won last night's round. Dom- dominating fashion, really. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Only because I didn't like my people in. I would have totally. No, that's a lie. I probably wouldn't have. I've, I've, been, I've been hot and heavy with that middle level <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> and you dropped because you just didn't play. Right. <laughs> so, so. Um, but yeah, you guys, it's so much fun. And, you know, like we said, we're working out prizes. Maybe one of those prizes might be Hannah Brown's new book. I don't know. Oh. You know, cup of coffee and Hannah B's book, hot mess. Who knows? Get, I'll get you something together. All right. But guys, hop in on this Rose League business. It's so fun. I love it. Yes. Uh, so yeah, the Rose League, as podcasting for that reasons, we are a featured group. So we will be easy to find when you get on the app. You can follow my hot tweets from last night. Go back and like and comment on what you think about yeah. how cool Nate is. I didn't have any. I didn't have any hot Instagram posts last night. Mm, disappointing. Uh, you can see that on right. You can that is right reasons pod on Twitter. Uh, you can follow in podcasting for that reasons on Instagram and podcasting and patreon.com slash podcasting for that reasons. Give us your money. That's right. A few bucks each month to help the quality of the pod. We're not taking the money. We're going to use it for equipment. We'll use it for hosting fees. We'll use it for prizes. Uh, We could just, it would be really appreciated if you guys could, you know, for we're asking for four. One of some, one of us, one of our great friends is giving us five. So whatever you can give us four or five bucks a month, greatly appreciated. Uh, The cup of uh, price of a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Yeah. So I think that's it. Maybe like you said, you gave me six days not to hate Michelle. I don't hate Michelle guys. I don't hate Michelle. Don't walk away from this podcast thinking, wow, that girl really hates Michelle. I don't hate Michelle. She just makes me more bored than entertained. It's not her fault though. As you said, maybe it's the producers. Okay. Maybe maybe it's not the hater then. I don't hate boring people. (laughs) All right, Ernie, I'll talk to you later. Bye.